Hi, I'm Paul Westsells. I'm the president and CEO of Western Copper and Gold. Western Copper and Gold is developing the Casino Copper Gold project up in the Yukon. 21 million ounces of gold, 11 billion pounds of copper. We just brought in Rio Tinto as a strategic investor. Things are looking, and we just uh, announced a PA last week as well. So uh, exciting times for the company, uh, a very exciting project. And I'm very happy to be here uh, talking to Matt and uh, talking to you, the listeners as well. Thank you very much, Paul. Good to see you again. It wasn't so long ago. It was only about a month ago, but you've been busy. Um, we noticed a PEA and also the announcement of a field program. Plus, I want to talk to you about the share price. In fact, we should probably start there, don't you think? And we spoke to you, 314, now at 248. What's happened? (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we hit the peak. I I mean, the the timing was great. I mean, this was a gasoline on a fire event. Copper hit all time, all time highs. And at uh, you know four dollars and ninety cents, almost hit five five dollars. I think it was the next week we announced Rio Tinto makes a strategic investment, uh, and one of the only strategic investments I'm aware of that Rio Tinto has done, and certainly the only investment they've done in a fairly advanced uh, copper gold projects such as what we have at Casino. And then, so on the back of that, I mean, right after the announcement, we were up 25%. And then sort of as it trickled through the market, we went up another 25%. So a total of about a 50% uh, bump on the back of that news. Then, you know, you had the news that came out, well, China is going to open up their copper stockpiles. And and there was some concern about growth. So copper came back and we came back with it. Um, But I'm not too worried. When I look at the copper market, when I look at what we're doing with Rio Tinto, when I look at what we're doing as a company, it's all very, very good news. If anything, this is a great opportunity for, for people to come in and invest. So it was gasoline on fire because of price of copper in the market. It wasn't people's reaction to you doing a deal with Rio Tinto. Well, it depends. One was the fire and one was the gasoline. It really died. I, I guess Rio Tinto would have been the gasoline because the fire was was really the copper market. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Well, look, it, it's it, well, it'd be interesting to see how, how that plays out. I mean, well, let me ask you, have you had much feedback, pushback, questions thrown at you about the Rio deal in a negative context? I haven't. I, I mean, I haven't had really a lot of negative feedback on, on the Rio deal at all. I mean, there's certainly been lots of questions, lots of interest in, um, there, there's been a lot of interest in sort of how, how did it come to be? I mean, it sort of, it popped, it popped out a little bit out of nowhere. I mean, we were talking to them for 18 months before we actually finally signed the deal. And and so, you know, what's that background looking like? I mean, there's certainly some questions about that. Some questions about, uh, you know, what they're doing right now. And I think we'll, we'll get into that as well. I mean, so why didn't they just buy you? I mean, you've got a project. It, it had a feasibility study. Now it's got a PEA. It's pretty drilled out. And so, you know, why did why did they go through this this strategic investment rather than just an outright uh, uh, acquisition of the of the company? So those are sort of where the questions have gone. But um, I, as as I think the last time we talked, I really think that this is a, I mean, it's a great deal for Western as shareholders, and it's a great deal for Rio. It allows them to come in and do this second level of due diligence, which is important for them. They're a big company; they don't want to waste their money. They don't want to get involved with a, a project that they they don't want to turn into a mine. And we don't, and it helps us, you know, with our shareholders, because to be honest, it gives us a bump with the, the initial investment and then hopefully a bump uh, with a further investment, which, you know, should be sometime next year. 
Okay, well, sorry, sorry to keep banging on about Rio, but I, I just, I just, so you're yes, saying sir. there's no negative commentary that you're aware of with regards to the Rio deal specifically. Okay. What is the amount that they put in Talos? Cause it's like, it's like a, it's a lot of money. Um, but it's, it seems, it seems to be that sort of, um, the porridge part of, you know, just right amount as opposed to too little or, or, or too, too much. Cause too much would have been probably them thinking, well, or the need for too much would have been, well, let's just take, let's buy these guys out because market cap is, you know, well within tolerance for them. Um, why 25.6 million? Yeah, and and I, I mean, there's there's two numbers to look at. One is one is the dollars, so twenty five point six million, and the other one is the percentage ownership. So I'll start with the percentage ownership. It was important for us to keep them below ten percent. When you see these investments of of sort of nineteen point nine percent, I see these investments and I sort of go, why? I mean, because essentially you're buying ownership for twenty cents on the dollar. Because it's very, very difficult for any other company that, that's interested in, in you to come in and, and make a, a sizable investment and, and to have any sort of conversations with anyone else. When we've got a company like Rio with 8%, we can continue to have conversations with other potential you know, investors that want to you know, get involved with the casino project. So that was important to us. The other part is the, is the dollar sign. So the dollar sign, the $25 million dollars, in terms of what Rio wants to do in the program that we put together, it runs around, let's say, around 10 to $12 million worth of work. So that needed to be financed because, you know, again, this is look at this as a second level of due diligence being done by Rio. So it needed to be at least that. We wanted it to sort of be less than 10%. It, it needs to be sizable for us to sign an investor rights agreement. So you mix all those all together. I really think this is a perfect size sort of deal. And yeah, back to the you know, potential negative comment. I mean, where what I have heard back is, well, thank God you didn't do that 19.9% deal. Because again, I I don't really like those deals because they are sort of, you know, for 20 cents on a dollar, you you essentially buy control of the company. Yeah, you, you do. And which so it's gonna come back to the 10% component. Do you think you don't have control? You have a significant minority position. Does it put other people off? I mean, who on earth would come in now that Rio's sitting there at t- circa 10%? I mean, BHP aren't going to walk in. You're not going to have too many suitors, well, are you? I mean, I think the thing is, is that, I mean, when you see these sort of investments, it sort of puts you in play. And it's not completely putting you in play. It's not like, a, obviously, a full bid. I mean, a full bid is, is literally putting you in, in play. But these these small investments puts you in play, and, and particularly this investment because it's very clear, um, as I've pointed out, you know this 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 initial period of work. It's an eighteen month period, and at that point, we'll talk about what the next step is with Rio, and that next step is a majority ownership. So there is this this eighteen month period where, really, if you're BHP, if you're our neighbors Newmont with the coffee project, literally. Uh, you know, touching our claim boundary. If you're any of these other companies, you sort of need to go in and at least kick the tires and make sure that you've got done your diligence on us as an asset to to ensure that, you know, is there an opportunity there? And so, I mean, that is, you know, what I think is going to happen here over, over the next year. And with that 8%, 
if one of those companies goes through and, and does that diligence and says, you know what, it's a pretty good project. And, you know, they're still trading at, you know, 300 million, 350 million market cap. This is a deal. They can make a bid. I mean, and all, I mean, all Rio can do is counter bid. I mean, they're, they're, they don't really have a big, strong position to block that. <laughs> and that's, I mean, again, that's, that's how we structured the deal to ensure that that opportunity is there. I mean, my guess is that we probably just continue along our relationship with Rio. They've been great guys to work with. And, and then we end up having that conversation in, in a year, 18 months time in terms of further investment. But you never know. That door remains open so, for because, another company to get involved. Yeah. Maybe. But <laughs> maybe. Because in, in all seriousness, you know, that them coming in with the why I asked about the amount is because this isn't a a typical um, equity position. This is a, 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 I'm buying an option of time to validate the work which you've already done, right? They're not going off and doing a expansion drilling. This is big enough. There's enough gold, there's enough copper. But we're, not, we're validating what you've done. We're, we're diligent. Well, hold, hold, right? hold that thought, but yes. You, <laughs> okay. you're, I know you're, you're going to You're 90% crap. <laughs> I, I generally am. I generally, generally yeah. am. Which at school was great, but in real life, not yeah. so much. Um, the, the, they're saying we're buying eighteen months, and we're going to spend this this amount of dollars to validate what you're telling us you've got. Okay, they've, they've got to. I was having a conversation earlier today, and, and in fact earlier this week with the CEO. He who's you know on the on the acquisition trail. He looked at thirty five DFSs. He said thirty of which were misleading and had to have to discount. You know, the da data isn't always data. It's it's, it's uh, even at that sort of level, right? So, um, so for someone like these guys, they can't afford to make a mistake because this is a big project with big capital uh, commitment or com capital requirements, I should say, right? So what can you confirm exactly what they're doing in the 18-month period? I know they've got the ability to extend, but... Would you expect them to extend or could they get everything they need during this 18 months? I want to give people a sense of the timing of this thing because yeah. give this, you've been out this a long time. Yeah. So, and I mean, we, we actually just announced last week the, the field program. So, and I'll get into that in, in one second. But if you look at what was very important for us was to capture a full field season. If we had, and then we did. I mean, so we announced the deal in, in May. I mean, before the deal was closed, Rio had a number of people up at our site starting the field program. We announced, uh, and, and you know, we were dotting I's and crossing T's on what we were going to do. That that came out last week. But the idea is that if we can have that field program, gather, you know, literally gather metallurgical samples and do the drilling and 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 you know get things submitted for assay. By the time all that, um, you know, post drilling results, all those post-drilling results are in, then they can, you know, build their business case and, and uh, you know, come to us uh, for, uh, to talk about a further transaction. So, and if you look, I mean, the, you know, this, this is a press release, it's, it's on our website. I mean, and again, you read through it and you know, it reads like a due diligence list. It's, there's a little bit of exploration. And, and so this is why you're 90% correct. Um, because, uh, and, and this was sort of interesting to me because it, it is mostly a due diligence list, but I think they've also had a team of geologists looking at this thing for a long time. And like any geologist, 
they've got a couple like, ah, well, if we're going to be drilling up there, you know, I want to test this and this. And, and so there is around 5,000 meters of, of actual fairly true exploration, uh, looking at a couple of targets, particularly on, on the new Canadian Creek uh, property that we got last year or, or two years ago, I guess now. But yeah, it's, it's uh, geotech, it's um, metallurgical samples, uh, it's, it's filling in some of the soil sampling so that they have a good idea of what the upside is. It's uh, a bunch of relogging. We've got this, this real fun machine called this Intersoft machine that, you know, it's this big trailer. We had to helicopter it in and, and it sort of scans your core and does all this crazy stuff. And uh, which is, uh, it's, it's really, really interesting. Some of the results coming out of that as well. And, and that's, you know, it, in process right now. That'll all be, I mean, that'll run, you know, until really the weather chases us out of there, which is usually sometime in October. And yeah, and then we'll, we'll get assays and results and analysis back on the back of that and, and then go from there. Okay, okay. I know my questions are always long and rambling, but I, I do remember the bits you don't answer. So, the, yeah, it, okay. so <laughs> that's it, good because I, I, I sometimes right. remember the, the question, yeah. the parts that you've asked, but sometimes I don't. So, the, in, in 18 months, when all this work mm -hmm. has happened, they've got the option yeah. to count. Do you expect them to need to carry on? Or is there some oh, the, the additional 12 months. at that point? I mean, the original contemplated 12 month extension was around the idea that when we looked at the timelines, so think of the timelines, we, we start mid-May, field program is done end of October. You're gonna be analyzed. I mean, if, if assay results come back as late as they did last year, you're probably not gonna have assay results until January, February. And then it's gonna take some time to crunch all that. So now you're probably March. So you're at that one year time, you have an idea of what things look like then you maybe start to negotiate, but now you've only got six months and, and, you know, negotiations can take longer than six months. So the idea of it, so why, I mean, the, let me flip that question around. Why didn't you just set it at two and a half years? Why is it 18 months with an extension? The idea is if we're talking about a further business transaction at the 18 month timeline, we'll extend it. If it's like, look guys, you know, we're, we're, we're moving in a new direction or something else then it won't be extended. Okay, now it's like, again, we've lost companies come on, they say, oh, Rio Tinto's invested, HP's invested, they've got to invest X dollars per year for the next seven years. And I, my, my mm -hmm. heart sinks because they, they feel that that is done deal. We're done. Yep. But you're, what you're saying is you're in a bit more control because of what you know. We should talk about the PEA actually in a second as well. Because yep. of what you know and the confidence levels that you have, you're putting them on a tighter rein or leash in terms of decision-making about what they see. And then you've got the contingency period for negotiation of what a deal could look like. That's, that's exactly right. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, it, I mean, if, I mean, there is an opportunity, I, I guess that you can imagine in a year's time where, we sit down and they're like, look, we need another field season. And if that happens, then it's a complete new negotiation. Then it's a complete new deal. I really don't think that's going to happen. I mean, we've worked really hard to ensure that what we have for this field season answers all the questions. I mean, we put together, I mean, it has been 
I mean, we've gone from, you know, 50 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour very, very quickly. What does that mean? Tell me what that means. Up. Because you, you started just, talking just about 18 months of, ago, right? So you must yeah. have the sorts of things that they needed from a project. You would have learned that one early on. So you, you yeah. could have worked I mean, I think that. the thing is, yeah, and, and it, it's been really just getting it going. I mean, because, I mean, we were running out of time. I mean, we needed to make the announcement. I mean, I can't send a team from Rio up to site and, and have them sort of start to, to do a whole bunch of work without that deal in place. So the deal, it got signed probably two to three weeks later than was optimal. So we really needed to play catch up on that in terms of getting, and, and this is just really the, 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 the field season in the Yukon and the field season in the Yukon sort of starts you know, early May, if, if you're careful, you can get in there early May. We got in there sort of mid-May. So we we started two weeks behind. We've sort I think we've caught up. Things are going well, but, you know, getting drill crews and I'm not sure if you've talked to, to other people, but um, it's tough to get drillers. It's tough to get drill crews. It's tough to get soil samplers. Um, and and it's not, it, it it's not even, it, it's just, it's tough to find people. And, and part of this is just that the industry is booming. That's the most of it. Part of it is COVID and, and you just can't bring people. I mean, it's an internet. It's, it's fascinating to me that drilling is an international business in terms of finding drillers that are, are that know how to, to operate drill rigs and just bringing those people in into Canada is, is a challenge. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, so that's what you've been working on there. So we talk mm -hmm. about the PEA, just some, just some of the headline sure. numbers. Um, cause we put a bit of work's gone into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we, we issued a feasibility in 2013 and, and this is the first update of, of that feasibility study. So a, a full PEA updates everything. Why did we go to a PEA? Went to a PEA because it allows us to really look at, at the resource in, in, in more fullness. I mean, headline numbers, uh, and, and this is at $3.35 per pound copper and $1,600 gold. So like conservative long-term values. Um, you're looking at a 2.3 billion net present value, a 19.5% IRR. So very, very good. If you, if you plug in spot in, into that, that model, you know, you run sort of, let's say, you know, four, 440 copper and, and gold around 1800 and then Molly up where it is and, and silver up where it is as well you're probably double that. You're close to four and a half billion in net present value. And you've got IRRs that are in your sort of high 20s and low 30s. And and it, it's where we anticipated that it would be. The other thing that's interesting, and, and this is why we wanted to do the PEA, is that it allows us to look at the full project and really the first two phases. And so the first phase looks like our feasibility study. It's a little over a billion tons. It uses the tailings facility that we have now. The second phase builds a new tailings facility and then treats another billion tons. That brings it up to 47 years of mine life. And this is still, with that 47 years of mine life, a pit constrained by just the measure indicated. If we, and we haven't, but if we took in the inferred, that would add a likely, I mean, it's another billion tons. So it's, a, I mean, roughly a billion tons is 25 years. So it would potentially add another 25 years, but it really, you know, 47 years. And again, at those conservative long-term values, you're looking at a cash flow over the life of mine of $12 billion. So now you're starting to go, okay, yeah, I understand why potentially Rio was interested in this. This is now starting to talk like 
or sound like a big company mining project with those sort of numbers. Okay, so you, but here's the, here's the kind of the missing bit for, for me, and I want, I want you to tell me yep. how I should look at it. Okay, you're clearly not going to build it. It's a big project. It throws off a billion bucks, you know, at at, uh, at your base uh, cost for for copper and gold and molly um, of a billion dollars in the first four years. It's a lot of money, but. The capex is also extraordinary. So you can't do it. You need a Rio to come in here. They can do a lot more with their balance sheet than you, you possibly could. So if as a retail person, I shouldn't be thinking like that. I shouldn't be thinking worried or th- considering the capex. That's not the game here, is it? You, you, you're trying to project how you can get a deal done with a Rio and then what you can negotiate in terms of, you know, what have you market cap is today? I don't know, three, three forty, three fifty million today. Yeah. Where's the upside for me investing now? Yeah. I mean, so let's talk precedent. Because you're right. I mean, the precedent isn't a company with a the four hundred million market cap figures out a way to build a three billion dollar mine. I mean, there's a couple of examples of that, but you know, though and and to be honest, the examples of that have created great returns for shareholders. So, but it's, it's, it's a longer term. It's, it's a trickier sort of path to, to, to make. The other path is where you get an asset like this. It's a great asset. You move it forward. You either, you bring in the partner and then eventually it's sold out. So actually a perfect example is the Rosemont mine. So Rosemont was a, um, well, is a, a mining project in Arizona. They brought in HUD Bay as actually a very similar sort of story. They brought in HUD Bay as a strategic investor at one point, and then HUD Bay made an offer for the entire project and you know bought that for $600 million. Um, another example, and this is going back a few years, but you know in our neck of the woods, there's a company called Terrain Metals. They had uh, the Mount Milligan project and, you know, again, they sold that for, I think, five or $600 million Canadian. And what's important is, is that it's always a, a pretty good premium. And if you look at what your premiums are at the low end there, I mean, literally the low end is 30%. And there's not much less than that. And then the upper end can be 100%, uh, you know, and, and that's, you know, where the negotiations come in. So that's an avenue. I mean, another way that you create value is, is that you enter into a, rather than it just being a complete buyout, is that you enter into, you know, they buy the asset for a certain amount of money, that money goes into the company, and the company still has 30% or 25% of that asset. And then, you know, the other the bigger company carries it forward and, and you have a carried interest. So those are, I mean, if you'd asked me what's going to happen right now, I would say likely it'll be a, a complete buyout, but I mean, it's a year from now and, and uh, you know, lots of things can change over that time. But like, if you say to me, Oh, it could be a 30% gain. I'm like, or even a hundred percent gain. Like, I, you're saying that that's good. You'd be happy with that. With 100% gain. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think our shareholders would be happy with that. I'd like to see it a bit more. <laughs> how do you how do you influence that? Because you're like you're 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 you're, yeah. you're on a date with the you know mm-hmm. the, the guy with the biggest wallet in town. So h- how do you, how do you influence that? How how do you make sure it's a hundred? How do you make sure it's it, it it could it's more? I mean, I well, I mean, I think have you any levers? To, yeah, I mean, I think the easiest way to to lever. I mean, and and that and that's a very good question because. And, and I'm going to flip that around a little bit and, and look at this from a different angle. Um, let's say that Rio wants to buy this asset. 
what could they actually pay for it? And let's start with what, what would be ridiculous. They're not going to pay $3 billion for this. They're not going to make any money. They're probably not going to spend $2 billion on this. They're not going to make any money. Could they spend a billion dollars on this and still make money? Yeah. So if I can get, you know, there's no reason why our valuation shouldn't be getting closer to that or closer to a 30% premium equaling that. And it's a fair deal for everybody. So, I mean, part of that is, is what we're going to do in terms of, you know, we've got this PEA out, we're going to turn that into a feasibility study where we're going to, you know, continue to push on the permitting. And what I've seen is that as you get closer to that finish line and, and everyone can see a clear path for the project to be, you know, shovel ready. What does that mean? This means it's got an advanced engineering, um, you know, a feasibility study on it and it's fully permitted. Then you get closer to that, that uh, you know, true valuation of the actual asset. Because I mean, right now we're trading at about 12% of the valuation on our long-term feasibility study and 6% of the actual valuation based on spot prices. And so why, why is that pulled back? Well, part of it is, well, you know, well, you got, you know, three, four years of permitting in front of you. Once that, a lot of that is, is happened, then, then you'll get closer to that as well. Where's the competitive tension come from? In 18 months, you know, if they lowball, yeah. you, you go, no, I'm walking away. And they go, well, who too? Yeah, I mean, I think that, so, I mean, obviously we, if we get a competing bid, that, that would be the best competitive tension. And I mean, that's, I mean, everybody wants to be in part of a bidding, you know, the, the subject of a bidding war. And actually, you know, it's, it's interesting and just a little story. When I first started in this in, and with, with Western, and this is going back to, oh God, 2008, nine, something like that. There was a company called BC Metals and there was a bidding war for an asset that, um, you know, ended up, and I can't remember uh, who who ended up getting that asset, but um, and now of course it's escaped my mind. But it's a great anyway, story, by the way. Good story. It's a great, great story, <laughs> but I forgot the punchline. Uh, anyway, um, there was this company. Any, any, anyhow, that I mean, the last time copper went up, there there was a bidding war, and you know, for for some of these copper assets, and and. Uh, I, you know, I'm not saying that that's going to happen here, but, um, you know, as that's exactly what we're going to see, or that's what I hope to see. Um, but, you know, the other tension is we're well-funded. Uh, we've got actually a really good board here moving forward. Um, you know, we, we are putting together a team to move this through permitting, you know, we, we'll just march it forward. I mean, we can certainly continue to move this forward on our own. Red Crest was the asset. Sorry to go back to that. Got this that. is not going to. It's not going to edit well, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Hey, but but here's, but this is why I asked you earlier about what can you do yep. to to help the process because if you can get competitive and this and, and comes back to the, one of the first questions, research sitting at you know ten percent of the company, are people put off by that? Would you know? Would Newmont come walking in and saying, "Well, do you know, I, I think we'll, we'll put a bit in here because it's right next door and it's, um, you know, it, it it meets our strategy for the for the district for the region." This is what I'm trying to say. I mean, do you do you or are you allowed to, whilst you're uh, in this process with Rio Tinto, go and talk to the guys next door? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't. And I, I mean. We've got a relationship. 
I mean, let's be blunt. We've been around for a little while. I've got a relationship with a lot of the big copper companies, with our neighbors, with other big gold companies. All those conversations are happening. Mm 